Good morning, Cathedral. Welcome. Praise God. We're so happy to have you here. Would you please stand with me as we begin our worship service this morning? Are you happy to be here? It's kind of like getting excited to get ready to go. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 say, Enter, the, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good, his steadfast mercy endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's go! Come on, Cathedral. Let's praise the Lord today. When night has fallen, when fear is coming, still you're calling me. When faith is lost and my hope exhausted, you will be my strength. Cause when my mind says I'm not good enough, God, you're enough for me. Yeah, I've decided.
Can we give the Lord a praise today? Oh, Cathedral of Faith, how about we let a great big hallelujah echo in the sanctuary? Come on, let it go. Hallelujah. Cathedral of Faith, do you believe he's worthy of our praise? Do you believe that? Well, come on and lift up your praise in this moment. Somebody shout unto God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. We ask, Lord, that your spirit would fill the temple, that it would fill this campus, it would fill our hearts, it would fill this moment. God, would you attract all attention unto yourself in this moment? We love you, we bless you, and we shout your praise in the sanctuary. And all of God's people shouted. One more time, put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord. Atmosphere is changing now for the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord. Let's all sing it together, the atmosphere. Atmosphere is changing now, and the spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord is here. Overflow in this place. The atmosphere is changing now. Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around that the Spirit of the Lord is here again.
If anybody in this room feels the tangible presence of God, why don't you just lift your hands in this moment as we declare this with all our hearts today. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Your kingdom come, your will be How many would testify that you need the presence of God right now in your situation, whatever it may be? 
Come on, would you testify to that right now that you need the presence of God in your life? Come on, somebody just shout unto God. God, I pray right now in this moment, Lord, that everyone that is gathered, everyone that's locked into this moment, I pray for a miracle to take place on their behalf. God, you know what every hand raised signifies. You know all the history, you know all the baggage, you know all the wins, all the losses that are attached to each hand. And I pray right now that there's just a sweep of the Holy Spirit in our lives. All it takes is a moment, God, and I pray that somebody has a breakthrough moment, even right now, right now, there's a breakthrough moment. It's a mindset that's being snapped and broken. Lord, may we hear chains hit the ground in this moment. God, we take you at your word and at your promise that where the Spirit of the Lord is, that there is liberty and there is freedom. And I pray freedom from bondage of behaviors, addictive behaviors, of tormenting voices from within or around. God, the voices of doubt, the voices of fear, the voices of condemnation, the memories of shame. God, we pray for freedom for your people. That's not how you've intended us to live. You've come that we might have life and have it more abundantly in this moment. And we declare that now is the time. This is the day of the Lord. This is the day of our freedom. Right here, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we give a shout of praise, of release, 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 release your freedom, God, release your liberty, God, release a sound of praise from within us, God, a sound of freedom, a sound of thanksgiving, not a sound that is contrived or manipulated, but God, a sound that is a response to a truth and a re reality that we are free in the name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people shouted in this moment. Amen. Come on, Cathedral of Faith, a shout of praise. Thank you, Lord. A miracle can happen now. Yeah, because the Spirit. Because the Spirit of the Lord the evidence is all around. The evidence is all This is the truth that the Spirit, that the Spirit of the Lord is here. Yes. <laughs> Cathedral of Faith. Cathedral of Faith. That's the pivot statement. That's the pivot statement. Not that you need a miracle, not that you need a breakthrough, not that you need freedom. It's that the Spirit of the Lord is here. That's what makes the difference. And welcome to Cathedral of Faith because the Spirit of the Lord is here. It's here. It's here. Look around you. Look around you. It's here. The evidence is all around that the goodness of the Lord is here in the land of the living. Cathedral of Faith is a place where everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, love is lived out, and anything is because the Spirit, yeah, 
We can get a breakthrough because the Spirit. We can be free today because, yeah, yeah, do you see what's happening? Anything is possible because, yes, come on, do you believe that? Do you believe that? Yeah. Come on, before you're seated, come on, one more shout of praise unto the King. Come on, let it echo in the sanctuary. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Welcome, Cathedral family, and a special welcome to our first-time visitors. If you are a first-time visitor, please scan the QR code that you see on the screen, text a number, or visit one of our volunteers after service. We will love to connect with you. We had a great summer with concerts and events, and believe it or not, September is around the corner. Here are a few things that you should look out for. International Day is Sunday, September the 11th. It's a fun-filled day filled with celebration of different diversities with our church family. We have special guests joining us, former 49er Jesse Sapolo. He has four Super Bowl championship rings. Volunteers and performers are needed. If you would like to take a part, please contact Veronica at vvaldorama at cathedralfaith.org. We are looking for volunteers who are willing to assist at our booths, flag holders, or even singers and dancers ages 13 and up. Later that afternoon, we are partnering with Healing Grove for a special event. The event is held in Redwood City with motivational speaker Christopher Duffley. Christopher was born at only 26 weeks old and is blind and autistic. Come hear his incredible story and leave change. All ticket sales go to supporting healthcare for those living in poverty right here in our community. Saturday morning, September the 17th, is Life Child Walk for Little Feet. It's a 5K walk to help raise money and awareness for Life Child, an organization that supports orphaned and vulnerable children in Africa. You can register by going to walkforlittlefeet.org. Well, Cathedral family, that wraps up our announcements for today. Stay connected with us by visiting our website, visiting our social media platform, or by calling the office. We will love to stay connected with you. We are a church where anything is possible, and the love is definitely of doubt. Until next time, bye. Well, good morning, Cathedral family. Welcome to our family reunion. That's what happens every Sunday as we come together. It's great to see all of you out here in the amphitheater, those of you in the sanctuary, over there in the drive-in, around campus, and those watching online. Welcome, welcome to our family gathering. It's a time when we hear family stories. In fact, that's what the Bible is. It's the stories of our family and what God has done. And that's why in Galatians, we read this great passage. It says, let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So I hope you know you're here not just to receive, although we hope you'll receive from the Lord, but it's a time for you also to strengthen, encourage, and comfort others. So after service, stick around a little bit. We've got 
tacos, we've got ice cream. You can come hang out and get to meet some other members of our church family. In fact, here's the biblical, not the biblical, the Webster's Dictionary, a family. It says up on the screen, family are descendants of a common ancestor. That means we all have an ancestor in common. All of us are sons and daughters of Abraham when we put our faith in Jesus. And because of that, our Heavenly Father, who loves us, brings us together as brothers and sisters each weekend. So we hope you'll enjoy this family reunion today as we worship the Lord and glorify His name together. Well, speaking of family, you already heard Anquisha mention that two weeks from now is International Weekend. And I want to encourage you, wear some garb from your ancestry. Maybe you're Nigerian, maybe you're Indian, maybe you're Filipino, maybe you're from Nicaragua, wherever you're from, wear your ancestry. If you want to trace back to Abraham, you can wear your Abraham and Sarah outfit. Don't go back as far as Adam and Eve, we'll skip that, but just you know, wherever your ancestry takes you, come in two weeks dressed up, it's going to be a great time, and we'd love to have you volunteer to carry a flag that weekend or be part of this celebration, so make sure you stop by the booth after service so you can be part of our family reunion that weekend. Speaking of family, two of our family members, Dr. Angie and Brett Bymaster, part of Healing Grove, are also sponsoring that same day a wonderful opportunity for you to be encouraged and for you to be strengthened. If you'll pick up one of the flyers, you can also register after service. Brett will be out in the tent here in the amphitheater to tell you information about this young man, again, as Anquisha said, born autistic and born blind, and yet God uses him with a powerful message. You'll be encouraged and strengthened to join us for that day. Well, God has blessed us, amen? God has blessed us, amen? Are you grateful? Are you grateful? Come on, are you grateful? All right, way to go out there. I hear those horns honking. Well, I can tell you whether you're grateful or not, because there's a passage of scripture that Paul writes to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and here's what it says. God can pour out the blessings in astonishing ways so that you are ready for anything and everything, more than just to do what needs to be done. This most generous God who gives seed to the farmer that becomes bread for your meals is more than extravagant with you. He gives you something you can then give away so that you can be generous in every way. You show your gratitude through your generous offerings. That last slide, you show your gratitude through your generous offerings. So the one I can, way I can tell you're really grateful is through the generous offerings that you give. And that's why every week we give you this opportunity to give to the Lord, whether you go online, whether you go to the app, whether you're grabbing an uh, envelope from one of the ushers right now and dropping it in the offering after service, or whether those of you at home are visiting our website or writing out a check, mailing it to the church, this is how you declare I am grateful. And one of the things I'm grateful for this series that 
Pastor Ken's been walking us through. You know, if you would have been around Jesus, he'd been walking through the fields and say, hey, look at this. And he'd been walking through a tree and say, hey, look at that. And he was always pointing things in his contemporary atmosphere to help people understand truths. And Pastor Ken's been pointing to us something in our contemporary atmosphere, some movies that have great biblical themes to help us find biblical truths. And to close out the series this weekend, Pastor Ken's coming to lead us to our last installment of Cathedral at the Movies. Take it away. Today at the Movies, we look at a film that's about a video game. If you're a character in a video game, they can program you to do some amazing things. They can program you so that you can shoot a laser right out of your hand, or so that you have wings and you can fly like an eagle, or so you can stop a deck of cards in midair and swipe them away, or so you can have a lightsaber and do your impression of Yoda. Hmm or so that when you hit the ground, whoa, now that is what I call power. Well, in the movie Free Guy, they program the character to do the same exact thing every single day. Every day, he gets up and he feeds his goldfish and he picks up his coffee and he goes to work at the bank and he stands on the sidelines and watches the action as the good guys are fighting the bad guys. He wears the same blue shirt with the same name tag. His name is Guy, and he's known as the Blue Shirt Guy. But then something happens. He alters his behavior. He breaks away from his programming, and he joins the action. The Blue Guy becomes the Free Guy, and the Free Guy becomes one of the good guys. And that is what I'd like you to think about. What does it mean to be free? And how can you reprogram your life so that you can walk in freedom? So give me just a moment to get out of this game and we'll dive in. Hello, Cathedral family. Amen. God is good, and all the time, I'm all in on this sermon. Free guy, say that with me, free guy. Now, I wore the outfit because I want this message to be indelibly stamped upon your mind and your heart, that freedom is in the air, Jesus is in the house. And the Bible says, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So the question I want to ask is this. Do you want to be the blue shirt guy or do you want to be the free guy? I invite you to stand with me for a moment and let's surrender our time in the word together in prayer. Father, thank you for this wonderful family here at Cathedral of Faith, those who are on site those who are in the building, out in the amphitheater, those in the parking lot, those who are online. We love our online 
community. We're all a part of the Cathedral of Faith. And I pray, God, that we would take hold of your word and your word would take hold of us, that, God, freedom wouldn't be just a concept that's out there, not just a truth that other people are experienced, but that, God, we would take hold of your truth and that truth would set us free in the best kind of way. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' glory, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> My name is freedom. Say it with me. My name is freedom. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them your name is freedom. Go ahead. Your name is freedom. Jesus is in the house, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Liberation is the word for the day. Now, if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Romans chapter 6, and that's where we're going to be spending most of our time today. And first of all, I want you to think with me about liberating words. Liberating words. There was a man who lived about 100 years ago in the Russian Empire. Now, he was famous, or I should say he was infamous. His name was Rasputin. He was a very heavy influence on the royal family, the Romanovs. And apparently, he was able to heal their son. And eventually, he was assassinated by some of the other nobles that were in the city. But he didn't go down easily. They poisoned his cake, and he did not die. They poisoned his wine, and he did not die. They shot him in the chest, and he did not die. He was a strange dude. But perhaps the strangest thing about Rasputin, this man who was a charismatic, enigmatic, mystical, holy man, was the way he looked at sin and grace. Basically, the way he looked at them was this. That the more you sinned, the more you got to repent. And the more you repented, the more you were forgiven. And the more you were forgiven, the more joy that you had. So it was your duty to sin. You should go out and sin as much as you can. Now, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But it seems to me that something is not right about that view of sin and grace. That would be a, a little bit like saying, well, my wife has been so good to me, I'm going to be a really bad husband. Because if I'm a really bad husband, then it will show off her goodness even more. Or my mom has been so good to me that I'm going to be a really bad son. Because if I'm a really bad son, then she can show off her goodness even more. Or I'm going to be a really bad brother. Uh, because my brother, he is so good, but I'm going to be really bad. I'm not that great anyway. But I'm going to take it to another level of rottenness. Because the more rotten I am, the more he'll be able to show how good he is. Is that the best way to understand the connection between sin and grace? Now, the Apostle Paul writes to first century Rasputins in Romans chapter 6. 
And this is what he says. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. Say that with me. By no means. Say it again. By no means. We died to sin. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? We died to sin. What that means is when I became a follower of Jesus, it was not a subtle shift. There's a radical shift in my relationship to sin. I heard about this one man who, he was a sales guy, and he went to visit with a client. And so he's meeting with his manager in the office, and he's making small talk, and he asks him about a picture that is sitting on the guy's desk. And he says, is that your father? And the manager said, no, no, that was my old boss. He was the meanest guy I've ever met. And I keep it there as a reminder to make sure I stay at the top of my game because I never want to work for him again. <laughs> and perhaps you've had a boss like that. A guy who's just a tyrannical boss. I mean, just uses and abuses you. Imagine that. But finally, you leave that company and you go to work for someone else. And then one day you run into him at a restaurant. And when he sees you, he starts giving you orders. I want you to sit down, shut up, and start taking notes. And do you know what you do? Instinctively, you sit down, you shut up, and you start taking notes. And then you remember, wait a second, time out. I don't work for you anymore. I've left your company. Well, the same thing is true. When you become a follower of Jesus, sin is not your boss anymore. It's not. It used to be your boss, but it's not your boss anymore. Now, it will try and act like your boss. It'll show up and order you around. And at first, instinctively, because it's been your boss for so long, you may, well, when sin says jump, you say how high. But today is a day to remind ourselves, wait a second, time out, sin. I don't work for you anymore. I work for Jesus, amen. I've been made alive in Jesus Christ. Sin is not my boss anymore. Romans chapter six tells us to let this get in your mind and your heart in the way you view yourselves in relationship to sin. It says, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ. My name is, yeah, let's give God praise, amen. Do I wanna be the blue shirt guy or do I wanna be the free guy? Free guy, he's got it. My name is freedom. Say it with me. My name is freedom. Own it for yourself. One more time. Say it with me. My name is freedom. Now that brings us to what I call winning waters. That your liberation really comes down to your identification. Who do you identify with? Now back in the year 2000, my buddy and I, we had a chance to go to a Raiders playoff game. Remember when the Raiders used to make the playoffs? And 
back in 2000, they played the Miami Dolphins. And it was such a great game. The Raiders played well, and they gave the Dolphins a beatdown, 27 to nothing. It was a total thumping. Can somebody say, Raiders? <laughs> all right, all right. Just put us in the mood. Now, on our way out of the stadium that day, it was chaos. You can imagine the Oakland Coliseum. We're walking out, and people are going crazy. I mean, they're high-fiving each other. There's dancing going on. And then everybody's saying, we did it, we did it, we did it. We did it? It's the craziest thing. Not one of us played a down in the game. We didn't have any grass stains on our shirts, I had a nacho stain, but not a grass stain. <laughs> but what were we doing? It's the same thing you do when you identify with your team. You're identifying with them and their victory, that their victory has become your victory. And in the most profound way, when I become a follower of Jesus, his victory becomes my victory. When Jesus died and was buried and came back to life, Jesus gave the devil a beatdown and he gave sin a thumping. Can somebody say amen to that? And when I identify with Jesus, again, in the most profound sense, his victory becomes my victory. He invites me out of the stands into the clubhouse to share in the victory meal. He cuts me a part of the victory check. He lets me hold up the victory trophy. And sin does not have to rule in my life anymore because of what he's done. When we go into the waters of baptism, it's one of the ways we identify with Jesus. It's a powerful picture. It's a powerful experience in which we identify with Jesus Christ. Last week, Pastor John Mendez of our Spanish campus, they baptized 22 converts. Can we give God praise? 22 followers of Jesus. And when you go into the water, what are you doing? You're identifying with the death and the burial of Jesus. And then when you come out of the water, what are you doing? You're identifying with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, with his resurrection, and with his resurrection power, and with his resurrection life. The waters of baptism are what I call winning waters. And when you identify with Jesus in the waters of baptism, and if you haven't yet, I encourage you to do so, the Apostle Paul in Romans 6 puts it this way. He says, don't you know, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Underline new life. Yeah, let's give him praise. Amen. Circle new life. Do you believe that? Would you own that? That means that even now, 
in a world where sin is present and active, one day we're gonna be in eternity with God. And when we're in eternity with God, there will be no more sin that is present and active. But right now in this world, sin is alive and it's present and it's active. And all of us know the pull of that sin. I saw one lady in a comic, she was in her Bible study, and this is what she said. She said, I haven't actually died to sin, but I did feel kind of faint once. (laughs) And every one of us, we could go around the room, and if you and I were just having a heart to heart, we could talk about how we feel the pull of sin. It's real. The sinful nature that's within us. The sinful world that's around us a sin-promoting devil that is against us. We know all too well the pull of sin. And the battle is real. The struggle is real. But thanks be to God, there's another power at work in our world. Resurrection power is at work in our world. And that makes all the difference. Let this truth get into your spirit. You know, my grandson and I, actually my grandson helped us with that movie magic you saw earlier, kudos to him. But my grandson and I, we were playing catch with the football in the backyard recently and we saw the craziest thing, no joke. We're standing in the backyard and a bald eagle comes soaring right over our heads. I've never seen a bald eagle in the the Santa Clara Valley before. But it came flying right over our backyard. And when it did, it was stunning because the law of gravity was still at work in our yard. My grandson and I were still on the ground, but right above us, there was a bird that was flying through the sky. Now, what made the difference? How come he could fly and we were on the ground? Because there was another law at work, the law of aerodynamics. And the law of aerodynamics helped the bird get off the ground and into the air. Now the law of sin is real. It's at work. But there's another law at work in the world. And if we take hold of the law of the spirit, resurrection power can help us to get off the ground. There's somebody today, you have felt the weight of sin, like the law of gravity. It's kept you down. But God brought you here today so that I can remind you, when you came to Jesus Christ, God has given you wings. There's another law that's available to you, the law of the spirit of life. Romans chapter eight says, for the law of spirit of life in Jesus Christ has set you free, set you free, set you free from the law of sin and of death. Do I wanna be the blue shirt guy or do I wanna be the free guy? That's the question today. Free guy is it. My name is freedom. Say that with me. My name is freedom. Let that get in your spirit. Now, how does that happen? Well, that brings us to what I call freedom flyers. That there's a fundamental change in our relationship to sin. It's not my boss anymore. And then there's a fundamental change in the rulership of sin. I've got another power, the power of the spirit that's at work in my life. But here is where it comes down to the nitty gritty. 
As anybody into gardening, let me see your hands. Anybody into gardening? Yeah. Yeah, I saw some people on TikTok that were into gardening. See if you can identify with this. to brag, but I have worked so hard at this and I'm finally starting to see little sprouts. Some fresh corn coming in, got some, some beans, got some, uh, some other kind of beans over here. I love that last lady. That would be like my garden. Now I'm not really good when it comes to gardening, but I know if you're good and you have a green thumb and you say gardening's my thing, well, what you do, one of the things you do is you pull weeds out of your garden because weeds don't belong in your garden but you don't stop there. Nobody invites their neighbor over to see their garden and says, would you look at my garden? It has no weeds. It's empty. I have an empty garden. Of course we don't do that. Instead, we pull the weeds, but we also fill up the garden with flowers. We don't just take out the negative, but we fill it with the positive. And the Apostle Paul tells us to do the exact same thing with the garden of our lives. In Romans chapter 6, it says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Paul says, stop something, but do more than stop something. Start something. I mean, I can introduce you to people who are really good at stopping something. I can take you to visit them. There's a whole group of people, they never do anything wrong. They never lie. They're never, they never gossip. They never have an impure thought. If you want to meet them, follow me right after church down the street a couple blocks on the corner of Kurtner and Monterey at Oak Hill Cemetery. Because there are lots of corpses. They don't do anything wrong. But they don't do anything right either. And the existence of human beings is supposed to add up to more than zero. So stop doing this, but don't just stop there. You'll fill up the garden with flowers. So many flowers that there's no room for any weeds. Peter, the apostle Peter, was once talking to a group of Romans, and they did not know that much about Jesus. And I love the way Peter describes Jesus to them. He says, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power? Jesus went around doing good. He went around doing good, doing good. Would you say that with me? Doing good. And that is the challenge, the cathedral challenge for the rest of the day. I invite you to join me and let's just go around doing good. What are you doing, Pastor Ken, the rest of the day? I'm just going around doing good. I mean, go around doing good. Call a friend who needs encouragement. Pay 
Pay for the coffee of the person in line behind you. Take a bottle of water to the homeless person. Since we're talking about flowers, pick up some flowers for your wife or for your mom. Well, thanks a lot, Pastor Ken. <laughs> what if at the end of the day, people looked at you and they described you that way? We're following in the footsteps of Jesus. What did Jesus do? He just went around doing good. Fill up the garden with so many flowers. There's just no room for weeds anymore because here is what is at stake. What is at stake is our freedom, our liberation. Paul continues in Romans chapter six. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it's your last free act, but offer yourselves to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. What is it that has you bound? When it comes to freedom, let me spend a little time thinking about that because there are two very different views of freedom in our day. One view of freedom is that freedom means that there are no constraints, there are no standards, there are more, no moral guidelines. All I have is my truth and I live according to my truth and that's all that matters. There's nothing else out there. Now, that may seem like freedom, but have you ever watched a fish in the ocean? If you watch a fish in the ocean, boy, it's just alive. It's beautiful, and it's free because a fish was made to thrive in the water. But what if the fish decided one day that, well... It was done living in the ocean. It was going to live on dry land. That its truth was it was meant to live on the land. And so it went on the land. And let me ask you a question. Which of these stills look more alive and free to you? See, the wages of sin, the wages of bitterness is more bitterness. The wages of lust is more lust. The wages of pride is more pride. And when I give myself over to something again and again and again, what I found out eventually, I'm on the shore gasping for air. But there's another kind of freedom. There's one kind of freedom that will lead you into slavery. But there's a certain kind of slavery that will lead you into freedom. That when you become a servant of Jesus Christ and you make him Lord of your life and you serve him, you're on your way to a freedom that never quits. So let me ask you again, where could you use more freedom in your life? Honestly, authentically. Russell Brand, the actor who's in recovery, he talks about starting with this question. He says, do you have a problem? Is there some activity, drinking, eating, spending money, gambling, watching porn, destructive relationships, promiscuity? What is it that has you bound? My buddy John Orberg, 
in his new book coming out on the 12 steps, he broads the list to include things like worrying, lying, hoarding, cheating, judging, gossiping, compulsive TikToking. Any behavior that goes against the values that you have or the person that you want to become, what is it that has you bound? Today is a day we make a new declaration. I'm no longer the blue shirt guy. Instead, I'm the free guy. My name is freedom. And to get that image into your spirit, I'm gonna ask our tech team to help me out. Would you bring out our special guest today? Here comes the mummy. This is Cathedral's version of the mummy. Can we give a big hand to the mummy? Yeah. Did you know in the Bible, Jesus once ran in to a mummy? He went to a funeral for his friend Lazarus. Now, Lazarus had been dead four days. He was not mostly dead or merely, uh, nearly dead. He was four days dead. He was really dead. But Jesus is the grave robber. Let me say that again. Jesus is the grave robber. And so he says to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. And that's what happens. Lazarus comes back to life. But when he walks out of the tomb, this is how he is. He shuffles out of the tomb. He was alive, but he wasn't set free. And so what Jesus says then is to loose that man and let him go. And I want you to get this picture today because this is how life can be for us. That we become followers of Jesus and we're alive in Christ but those sinful patterns and sinful habits can keep us wrapped up. And what Jesus wants to do is unwrap us today. Unwrap our minds so we can take on the mind of Christ. Unwrap our hearts so we can take on the love of Christ. Unwrap our imaginations so we can take on the dreams of Jesus Christ. God brought you here today so that you could hear the words of Jesus once again. Loose that man. Loose that woman. Let them go. They are made to be free in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. I invite you to stand with me. I want to read a testimony. Pastor Vaughn and the team are coming out. And then we're going to receive communion. You may want to take the elements even now and hold them in your hands. One member of the cathedral family gave me this testimony just this week. She writes, at first meeting, most would think of me as a pretty put together person, making sure makeup and wardrobe look good, usually smiling and friendly to others. But all the while, a war was being waged inside of me, a cunning foe that would render me feeling depressed and defeated on a daily basis. It was alcohol. My family had, helped with, had dealt with addiction for, to alcohol for generations. For most of my life, since my early teens, I'd been using alcohol to numb the pain. So much of addiction has to do with pain. To numb the pain of the abuse I grew up with. 
pain from watching my dad get angry, drink, and get abusive to all of us. Also watching mom drink to avoid the pain of her present and past abuse. Through the years, I tried countless times to stop drinking on my own. I finally came to realize that I was powerless over alcohol and couldn't stop on my own. I had to admit defeat and felt so ashamed. I'm a praying woman and I believe in God. Why am I succumbing to this poison to try and feel better? Finally, I came to realize that until I surrendered completely to Jesus and sought his direction, I would continue going around the same mountain of addiction and could and probably would die an early death. I knew I needed to surrender completely to God. No more being in bondage to a greedy master. No more looking to anything other than God himself to help me find freedom from the bondage of alcohol and the fear of living without it. I knew this would require action on my part. All signs led me to seeking a treatment program along with help from a community of others that were also fighting the same war. And for the first time in decades, I have found that freedom and haven't had a drink in four months. Can we give God praise? And she writes, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. My name is Freedom. And as Pastor Vaughn leads us in this course, and we get ready to receive communion and declare our freedom together. Let freedom take hold of your heart. If this is your day, it can be a new day today. I don't have to be the blue shirt guy. Instead, I'll be the free guy because my name is Freedom.
turned against me shall prosper. Don't tread on me. Let's all sing that together. Say no weapon. No weapon. Yeah. Formed against me shall prosper. Don't tread on me. Come on, a little bit louder. We say it again. Say no weapon. today to a victory table that Jesus is victorious and as we eat and drink today we come to experience that victory pastor Yusuf and Esther who head up our youth department are coming to lead us in the elements amen that's right no devil is gonna tread on us amen isn't it great to live a life in victory and today we're going to declare that his victory is our victory amen can we say that together his victory is my victory. And Lord, we just want to thank you that your body was broken. No sin, no devil can tread upon us, Lord. We thank you for your healing and for your freedom. Let's partake of the bread. Amen. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we just thank him for a moment, church? Thank you, Jesus. You know, if you're anything like me, I shouldn't be alive. Anything like me, I was all messed up. But because of the covenant of the blood, that not only our sins are forgiven, but we have eternal life, and we can live in freedom. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for freedom. I'm going to say it again. Say all together. Say, thank you, Lord, for freedom. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's partake of the wine together.
we take a moment, just lift up our hearts and our hands and our voices, and again, be in gratitude to God for the freedom that we find in Him. Let's give Him praise. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I'm going to invite you just to seal our declaration. There's a prayer that was written by a pastor. It's used in lots of different settings. But I wanted to seal our time together today as our declaration, our prayer. Let's join together with the words that this pastor prayed many years ago. It's known as the serenity prayer. Say it with me. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking as Jesus did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, just a couple of quick things before I dismiss you. First of all, it's great to have Pastor Yusuf and Esther. Once a month, they bring all the youth in it. We call it our Worship Together Weekend. Yeah. And they're here with us in service today. Great to have you in service. And then after service, you know, out by the amphitheater, first of all, if you need prayer, our team is out there to pray with you, to pray for you. If you want to talk through some of the stuff that we talked about during our sermon today, they'll be out there to pray with you and talk with you. So please, we're here for you today. And then also the tickets to the event on September 11th up in Redwood City with this amazing, inspirational young man. They're on sale also out by the amphitheater as well as we have food trucks if you don't have to run out and just enjoy this beautiful day. And then finally, I've got, I've got two tickets right here and somebody needs... I want you to go enjoy the movies, courtesy of Cinelux Theaters. God bless you. Enjoy your time at the film together. Oh, boy. My name is Freedom. Say it with me. My name is Freedom. Own it this week. May the Lord bless you, and may he keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you, and may he give you this peace. And this week, may you walk in freedom. May you breathe freedom. May you live free every day. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory, we declare it. All God's people said, amen. God bless you as you go, Cathedral. Have an awesome, awesome day.